0: What have you been reading this week? Have you been reading the Word of God? Have you got something that you're reading? Is there there a book that you're enjoying in 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 the Bible? Is there a scripture? I want to challenge you. You know, you're coming out on a Friday night hungry for God. You're coming out wanting to seek Him, but the Holy Spirit also wants to meet you every day through the Word of God. Hallelujah. I, I just have to pause for a moment and say, it's very nice to see Mr. and Mrs. Puchala in the House, brand new, newlyweds. Welcome back! Very good to have you here. Yay! Hallelujah! Yeah, we want to we want to celebrate the fact that the Holy Spirit wants to minister to us every day. I've been having a little discussion with with friends about what does revival look like, because I really want to know. Like I've studied revivals and I'm hungry and I actually feel like God's about to do something really big. And I want to make sure I know how do I partner with you? And the truth is, I haven't figured it out. I don't yet know what it looks like. But I do know this. It is something that happens on the inside, that God does it from the inside, that the Spirit of God, and it's going to be outworked in so many glorious ways but it will you will see the fruit of the Spirit being revealed. And that comes as we are feasting on the Word of God, as we're allowing the Word of God to operate in our hearts and straighten us out and remind us what we look like. Hallelujah. In the book of James, it says... If you're a hearer of the word and not a doer, you're like a man that's looked in the mirror and then walked away and forgotten what you look like. He's not saying, you pathetic people, sort yourselves out, try harder. He says, if you're not actually doing the stuff, manifesting Jesus with all the fruit of the spirit and the miracles and the power, if you're not seeing the fullness of Christ being manifested through your life... He doesn't say it's because you're a pathetic Christian and you really should be ashamed of yourselves. He says, it's because you've forgotten what you look like. And I believe that a big part of revival is the spirit of God awakening believers to the truth of what they look like. (gasps) As you are, so am I in this world. Hallelujah. Um. But you know I also believe that you 'll see it in daily devotional life that people will work it out with with Christian character that will grow and grow as we persevere you know the Bible talks about perseverance producing character and character hope if you don 't quit you win hallelujah if you don 't if you don 't shrivel up when when the going gets tough but instead allowing the, the the root of the word of God to go deep in your life, allowing the love of God to cause you to be rooted and established in him, then you produce much fruit. Hallelujah. And God's looking for people who are here for the, the long haul. I wanted to um, share with you a scripture that I was just reading this week. I've been enjoying First Peter this week. And in fact, we... We listen also to the audio Bible as we go to sleep. We put it, we've got a little Word of Promise app and we put it on sleep timer and Tom and I listen as we go to sleep. But in my own personal private um, study, I, I like to also study different books. I also like to ask the Holy Spirit where to read so I have a sneaky snack. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I'm not so regimented in my, in my study that I, that I don't also just, yum, talk to me, Jesus, waiting in the shopping line give me a scripture oh it's really good hallelujah you can feast on it but it's good thing to study also whole books of the bible so that you don't just pick and choose the bits you like amen so that you can l- let the word of god dwell in you richly and and achieve beautiful fruit so I want i'm reading uh here from first peter chapter 3 verse 8 it says here and i'm reading this um from the uh, New Living. Because firstly, all of you should be of one mind. Sympathize with one another. Love each other as brothers and sisters. Be tender hearted and keep a humble attitude. Don't replay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. This is what God's called you to do, and He'll bless you for it. But the scriptures say, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, who would like to enjoy life and see many happy days? Watch here? Keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Oh. The heart of God is that we would pursue peace. Hallelujah. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. Hallelujah. That's pretty good advice. And this is in the Bible. So I would highly recommend that you read your Bibles. Hallelujah. As I'm looking at this, I look at it and I, what really struck me was this natural, supernatural outwalking of what it is to really be a believer. You know, we were um, I was sharing at the School of the Prophets on Monday night, and we were talking about the gift of prophecy. And if you, could, you can prophesy with the most incredible accuracy, but if you haven't got love, you've got nothing. In fact, you're just dangerous. But it's the same when it comes to miracles. And I want to share a little bit on, on miracles tonight. But when it comes to the miraculous power of God and signs and wonders and miracles... If you can move, you know who you are, and you move in power, but you're not displaying good, godly, basic Christian character, you become dangerous. And people don't want what you've got. But the Father is wanting to manifest Jesus. He said, if I be lifted up, from the earth I will draw all men unto me now I know that can be interpreted in so many ways Jesus being lifted up crucified all those glorious things but it also I believe being that Jesus when he is manifested and lifted up in our lives when he is magnified in our lives men and women are drawn to him in us hallelujah we are ambassadors of Christ. We get to demonstrate to the world around us what he looks like. And he doesn't just look like power. Though power is something that is part of his character and nature. It's part of our character and nature now as born-again believers. But he also looks for us to manifest humility, tender-heartedness, compassion, kindness, And, you know, I like it here. He spells it out. I like it in the New Living. It says here, don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. You know, there's even a Christian way to get around this. Well, it's not really, but but that's what people sort of justify it as. I've seen it. I've done it. Lord, have mercy on me. Someone does something mean well, you don't want to be outwardly repaying evil for evil or returning insult for insult, so you just put up a nice wall and you you might just do something that just doesn't include them. But the moment we start engaging with the pattern of the world and this sort of behavior, we start stepping outside of love and then everything else that we are pursuing becomes irrelevant because without love we've got nothing and it is so easy because your friends might tell you yeah let's just not invite them your friends might encourage you and if they are then they're probably not very good friends but the world's ways are to retaliate when someone hurts you oh you hurt me well I might not, you know, outwardly show that I'm hurt and retaliate, but you're going to feel it with some of the barbs or you're going to feel it with the fact that I'm not going to smile at you or shake your hand or whatever it is. Those sort of things do not belong to you anymore. That's not who you are. Hallelujah. You are born again a brand new believer in Jesus. Hallelujah. Therefore, you have the capacity to love your enemies. To do good to those who are nasty. And you get to bless people. I used to think that's not fair, God. You know, if I have to bless somebody that's hurting me, then how are they going to know that they're hurting me? And how are they going to stop? If I, if and I, you know, he says, pray for those who are d- despitefully used. You pray for them. I'm like, oh, God, pray that you convict them. Convict them, God. Convict them of what they're doing. Let them see how wrong they are. You know, I could pray for that. But they're like, pray pray for them. Pray blessing. Oh, God, I don't want them blessed because I want them to know that they're naughty. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? Ah, a few people, maybe. <laughs> but I discovered something. I can trust God. God is actually on my side. He is for me. And if I start praying, bless those people who are being so nasty. If instead I, I stop and I drop the nasty bit and I just start thinking, Lord, you love them. Thank you, Father, your love's in me. Father, thank you that I love them. Lord, I pray that you'd bless them. Bless their family. Bless their marriage. Bless them financially. Bless them with favor. Bless them with joy, Jesus. Bless their health and just begin to pray for them. Begin to bless them. As you move in the opposite spirit, hallelujah, you become unable to be trapped by the enemy who wants to pull you into a consistent cycle of pain and torment. Because the moment you start engaging in retaliation, no matter how Christian it might look, the moment you start having the retaliation is the moment you start partnering with pain. Because the next time you see them, the next time they come up in conversation, oh, yeah, that pain's there again. But if instead you decide, right, I'm going to move in the opposite spirit, I'm not going to judge them. I'm not going to figure out why they're trying to do that. I'm not even going to judge what they've done. I I choose just to forgive them and to love them and to pray blessing on them. I discovered that God is trustworthy. I don't have to be the boss of the world. I don't have to be the one that makes sure that they know what they're doing is wrong. Holy Spirit is good and he is well able to sort things out. I can trust him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to read a little more of it that um, we'll we'll take that off. And I'm going to go uh, a little further down in first Peter. Hallelujah. Are you you here? Are you engaged? Hallelujah. Good stuff. First Peter chapter three, we're just going to go a little further down. He says here in verse 12, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and the ears, his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. But who is going to harm you if you're eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against you, your good behavior in Christ, may be ashamed of their slander. It's better, if it's God's will, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive by the Spirit, through whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison. He goes on and he, he just... Talks about you don't need to be worried. You don't need to be afraid about responding in the opposite spirit because I'm here. I'm with you. You now are no longer subject to the rules of the natural world. You are highly favored. I had a dream a little while ago, and um, in the dream, Jesus came in my dream. And I was just telling everybody, you've got nothing to worry about. Jesus is here. He's just here. And I woke up so happy. I was like, oh, Jesus is here. I've got absolutely nothing to worry about because the rules just don't apply. Because Jesus is with me. I don't have anything to be afraid of. The Holy Spirit wants to remind us that you're not normal anymore. When you're born again, you're not normal anymore. You are not a mere human anymore. You are highly favored. You are the privileged ones. Hallelujah. Who are privileged to have God for you. God is for you. Who can be against you? You should feel sorry for people that are mean to you. Seriously, have compassion on them because it's like whoever contends with me contends with him. I'm the apple of his eye. Oh, God. Forgive them. They don't know not what they do. You can bless them. You can pray blessing on them because you know, hey, I have God with me. He's taking care of me. Amen? He also says, he talks about um, walking in humility with a humble attitude. Now, when I was a teenager, I'd go to church and I was so hungry for God, and I just wanted to be, I was desperate for God. I didn't have a lot of the revelation I've got now, but, and I struggled with so much condemnation. But I'd be down at the altar on Sundays crying out to God, Lord, humble me, humble me, God, humble me. And then a, a sweet counselor told me, probably shouldn't pray that, honey, you, you know. Maybe pray for a humble attitude. Okay, give me a humble attitude, God, because I'm so afraid of being proud. And because I knew pride comes before a fall, I don't want to have a fall. I want to be, oh God, I want to be humble. Help me to be humble. I don't think I'm humble. Help me to be humble. <laughs> Has anybody ever experienced this sort of? The reality is you can't make yourself humble. But you actually have to humble yourself and say, thank you, God. I receive the humility of Christ. Teach me how to walk it out. Show me what it looks like. Hallelujah. And humility is thinking about other people before yourself. Humility is walking, instead of being afraid and full of fear, it's walking in an overflow of love that doesn't need to, you don't need to prove anything because you already are enormously favoured. Hallelujah. And absolutely in love with God and with people. So, and it gets walked out then in just everyday life. I remember um, when Tom and I were courting, uh, we were at his 21st birthday, I think, and Tom's father came down, and he knew that that girl, I was playing the piano, just fiddling around at, the, um, at his birthday party, and his father came down to give me a compliment, and he's a Finnish man, so he doesn't really say very much, it's a big deal for, for a Finnish man to say very much at all, actually. So when they speak, you want to listen. So I think his sisters had pointed out, that's the girl's Tom likes. So, so Matty comes downstairs and he's like, that's very nice playing. I'm like, oh, I'm terrible, oh, I'm terrible. I had no idea how to respond to a compliment. And then my friend said, you've just really insulted him. You should have said thank you for that compliment. I'm like, oh no, i really insulted him. I was a little bit insecure. But I sort of learned since then that compliments are not necessarily even about you. It's about you having an opportunity to value the fact that somebody's made an effort to want to encourage you. So instead of saying, oh, I'm terrible, and making them feel like, Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Or worse, yes, I know. (laughs) It doesn't work real well either. If instead you humble yourself and you say, thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Say nothing more. I loved reading um, Catherine Coleman's story. People would come and they'd give her compliments. And she'd say, thank you. She'd care about the person giving the compliment and say, thank you very much. That's very kind. And then at the end of the night, she'd go home to her room and she'd gather up all the compliments in her head and she'd bring them before the Lord like a beautiful bunch of roses and offer them up to him. I thought, that is beautiful, God. Instead of having to play the game of, no, it's not me, it's not me, it's God, or... You know, Bill Johnson says that if somebody says that to him when he gives them a compliment, he says, it wasn't that good. (laughs) If instead you just walk in a humility that's thinking more about the person giving you the compliment than you are about yourself and your insecurities, you get a chance and an opportunity to walk in love and humility. Hallelujah. Humility can look like a lot of things. Um. This other scripture that we had up here before. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This here Matthew chapter 18, verse one. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child and had him stand among them. And he said, I tell you the truth. Unless you change and become like little children, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Now, we've heard that before. If you read the scriptures, you you know that they were having an argument. The boys were having an argument about who got to sit on the right and the left. Actually, I got to sit on the right. So did you. He says, We've been raised up with him, seated with him in heavenly places, at the right hand of the Father. So it was a really a, a pointless argument. But the reality was, Jesus just, he, he was saying, The greatest in the kingdom is the servant of all. And then here he's saying, The greatest in the kingdom is like a little child. When it comes to walking in miracles, the Lord is looking for people who will walk in genuine childlike humility. Who will simply humble themselves and say, I believe God. Who will simply embrace what the Lord says and just believe it. Refuse to change their thinking. Refuse to be talked out of it. Refuse to be uh, dissuaded, but simply sets their face like flint th- to say, This is who he is and that's who he is. Therefore, this is who he will be and this is how he will manifest. Where else am I going to go? You alone have the words of life. To humble ourselves like little children and say, Lord, you are God and you will do it. I believe. You see, he told the disciples to go into a village and when you go in, heal the sick that are there And tell them that the kingdom of God's come upon them. That requires a childlike faith that doesn't try to adjust things according to their intellectual experience. But is doggedly determined to say, Lord, I believe. Lord, I choose to believe. I've seen a lot of people and a lot of uh, leaders and churches who at one time have hungered after seeing the miraculous, seeing people healed. And then I've seen them start to go cold on it because they've had some experience that has made them feel like, well, you know, maybe it doesn't happen all the time. Maybe we're just not going to keep going out there on a limb. Don't want to get disappointed. And so they change the subject. I believe If you would humble yourself as a little child and refuse to change the subject, that's when you begin to see the kingdom of God manifested. If instead of, as Bill Johnson would say, uh, changing your doctrine to suit your experience, lowering your doctrine to the level of your experience, if instead you would humble yourself and say, Lord, this is what I believe you are. This is what the Word of God says you are. Now, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock. Anybody learn that at Sunday school? The wise man built his house upon the rock. The little children's song about absolute, wonderful wisdom. Who is the rock? Jesus. You're in that Sunday school too. You would have sung Jesus is the rock and he rolled my blues away. <laughs> Jesus is the rock. And the wise man builds his house upon the rock. The rock is Jesus. So the next logical step is to, just, to study who Jesus is. So you look at who Jesus is in the Bible Matthew, Mark, Luke, John through the epistles, revelation, who's Jesus? What does Jesus do? Well, every person that ever came to Jesus with a problem, Jesus manifested himself as the answer to them. Every time, without fail, there is not one place in Scripture where Jesus left them hanging and said, nah, it's better for you just to stay sick. Not one place, not one time. So as a little child, we get to choose. I believe in Jesus. I'm going to build my faith, my doctrine, my life, and my focus on Jesus. Jesus who is the answer. Jesus who always manifests himself as the answer. This is who I believe him to be. Well, what about this? And what about that? And what about this? And aren't you preparing people? Aren't you not preparing people for... For disappointment i've been in places where they've said that well you know sister if you're preaching that you know aren't you going to be how are you really going to prepare people you know for for death and and for disappointment oh, i was like i don't quite see the logic of taking away hope so that people are prepared for disappointment i believe that there is hope and his name is jesus And without that, we've got nothing. The moment you start to compromise on Jesus, who is the rock and what he is, and all that he says that he is, the same yesterday, today, and forever, is the moment you start getting on unstable ground and you're in for a crash. The winds came, the floods came, but the house on the rock stood firm. But as I remember, the house on the sand went splat. The house on the sand was was broken, was washed away. And that's what happens when something hard happens in our lives. When something difficult comes, you have to make a choice. Will I humble myself and believe like a little child, that Jesus is the same yesterday today and forever that he is trustworthy and faithful that his ways are the way He is the way and do I choose that or do I choose to to enter into uh, entertaining thoughts that maybe he's not quite like that Maybe maybe I need maybe there's some things I haven't looked at maybe that trying to figure out why God, why, when God, when, how God, how, maybe this, maybe that, all of that is sinking sand. All of that is unstable ground. But if instead, in humility, we choose, Lord, I believe, and then we follow it through with our thinking, we'll see the manifestation of Christ, the miracle worker. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The heart of God is that we'd actually begin to take our thoughts captive. Take captive every thought that would exalt itself against the knowledge of Christ. Think about that. That's not just bad thoughts. That's any thought that doesn't line up with who Jesus in the book is doesn't belong in your brain. So if you're having a thought, well, you know, what am I going to do? You know, you've had a bad diagnosis, say. Well, you know, what's going to happen? Maybe this, oh, I don't know, maybe that could happen. What could happen? They are thoughts that are exalting themselves against the knowledge of who Jesus is. Jesus is your healer. So any thought that doesn't line up with Jesus is my healer has to be taken captive, cast down, and replaced with truth. If you're in a situation where you're like, well, I don't know if Jesus is hearing my prayers. I don't know if we're going to get out of this financial mess. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to make it through. I don't know what was going to happen. Those questions of uh, what's going to happen, what's going to happen, what's going to happen need to be taken captive and replaced with who is Jesus? Who is he? Not what, when, how, where, why. Who? Who? The only valid question, the only question that actually belongs in your brain because he delights to reveal himself. He wants to manifest himself to you. He wants to reveal himself to you as the wonderful one who works miracles. Hallelujah. As God of the breakthrough. We're going to pray for some people tonight, but I want to encourage you. The Holy Spirit is wanting to take up residence in your brain. Your your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. He wants to be Lord of the lot. And you know what? You have a choice, but you need to willingly say, God, I choose to submit myself to you, my head. You are wiser than me call me a traditionalist but I actually I still believe in um, wives submitting to their husbands don't get mad I also believe that husbands need to lay their lives down for their wives as Christ loves the church but I believe that Tom's actually been given an anointing to protect me and if he says look no I don't think you should go there then I need to trust that if God, I feel like God's telling me to go there and Tom says no, that God's not going to violate his will. Either he's going to talk to Tom or I'm not to go. And I've discovered it works. Most of the time when Tom says no and I found out later, oh, thank God I didn't go there. I, fig- I figured out what even he didn't know, but he just felt that's not going to be the right thing at that time. But on the rare occasion when I felt like I really think it is God and Tom doesn't think that I should do it, all I've done is pray about it. And, and then a few days later, the, Lord, the Lord's spoken to Tom and he's come back to me and said, you know, I really feel like actually maybe I think you should be doing that. I think you should go there. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Because He's trustworthy. I say that to say you are the bride of Christ and Jesus is your Lord. He is your master and you can trust him. You need to submit your thinking to him. I get in trouble sometimes when I look at YouTube comments that are nasty from, you know, Cypher666 wants to say something nasty about (laughs) about me. (laughs) Tob's actually disabled the password so I can't look at the comments. (laughs) Or if he's caught me having a look at a a YouTube video that might be nasty about me, he'll be like, what are you doing? Stop it. And he does it because he knows me that I'm going to have a sleepless night worrying and fussing about somebody I don't even know (laughs) that I can't make happy. But, you know, it's a picture to me of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus. You go to do something, he says, "Mm -mm, don't do that. Don't do that. He is anointed to protect you. He's not saying it because he's a spoil sport. He's saying it because it's good for you. It's in your best interest. And in the same way, when you're having a struggle with your thoughts, you need to go, okay, God, you're the Lord. You're the Lord. I'm going to humble myself and say your ways are better. I'm not going to entertain all that other stuff. I'm going to simply come like a little child and say you are daddy. You are God. You are Lord. And I thank you. I think about who you are. I celebrate who you are. I'm going to, I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to declare the goodness of God. I declare I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, that I can hope in you, for hope in you does not disappoint. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you help me and remind me of what it says in the Word of God. I I begin to choose deliberately to say, you are my Lord and I am in submission to you. I choose to walk with you as Lord of my life, as Lord of my thoughts, as Lord of my heart today. You are the God that brings me peace. You are the way And the truth and the life, and I am choosing you. I choose you as the way for my life today. Hallelujah. Very quiet in (laughs) here. You know, when you start to learn that in your everyday life, in your everyday world, in your everyday character, as the Holy Spirit begins to develop these things in your life and character, what happens is you become, to be, you become trained in walking with the Lord, in dancing with him. It's like a beautiful dance. You know, have you ever seen a bride and groom dancing? Would you dance at your wedding, Ben? There you go. Who led? You did, right? It's not some sexist thing. It's just like if you're both trying to lead, you're going to step on each other's toes. Yeah? You ever done ballroom dancing? No, go this way. No, go this way. It's like, problem. But the Psalms say to, that we're called to be guided by his eye. That we'd actually become so well trained in following his lead that we just know where he's going to go next. We can just we can feel where he's moving. In him we live and move and have our being and we just know where he's going to go because we're attuned to his leading. When it comes to walking in miracles, it's not formulas. It's not do this, do this, do this and do this. It's actually leaning on the Holy Spirit saying, Lord, I need myself to see. I need a revelation of the fact that I am not the boss, but you are and that I can trust in you, that you are my strength and my shield. You are the one who is the the power of God in me that's going to heal this sick person. So, Father, I lean on you. Show me how you want to touch them today. Show me how you want to minister. It's not, do you want to heal them? Of course he does. You know that already because you know who he is. So how do you want to touch them today? What do you want to do in this situation? I know you want to heal. How do you want to touch them? What would you like to do? How can I I bless them in your name today? Because I know it's your desire to bless them. Shalakosubal. Hallelujah. When I used to minister, I'd... In the, in the beginning, I would go to a church and I would prophesy over everybody. And I would be there till like 1 o'clock in the morning. Because that's just what I thought you should do. You know, that would be a good thing. I thought if that was me, I would like a prophetic word. So I just prophesied over everybody. A little while later, as I started to grow in the things of the Spirit, God started to move in really big, amazing, glorious miracles. Miracles. Then I'd go back to an, at the church that I'd been to the year before where I'd prophesied over everybody, so excited about miracles and healing, and I'd discover that all they wanted was a prophetic word because I'd set them up to, to do it. But if instead we are ministers and, and people of God who actually learn to lean on the Spirit, not be presumptuous and assume that, okay, everyone I talk to is going to need a prophetic word. If we instead lean on the Spirit and say, what do you want to do? If we walk in humility that's not presumptuous, we will see much greater results. I've, I've done it. I've prophesied amazing words over people. And then I've looked at them and think, is there anything else you need? And they'll say, actually, I came up for my sore knee. I think, oh, okay. <laughs> Missed that one. Because I wasn't, it might have been a great word for them, but that's not what, their need was at that moment the lord wants us to understand what it is to walk in humility to to humble ourselves and to lean on him so that we can be as effective as he wants to be amen we're going to pray for a few people in a minute but before we do that i want to give you an opportunity this life with christ is so precious it's so powerful But it's a life of surrender where we say, Lord, your will be done. Where we say, Lord, I choose to be crucified with you. I choose to lay down my life and in exchange I receive yours. I choose to leave behind my old way of life and embrace you for the help to be made brand new. To have Christ in me, that it would no longer be me who lives, but Christ who lives in me. It's very different to being a Christian just by name. It's very different to being born into a Christian household. It's a choice that you make, a willing choice to say, Lord, I choose to submit myself to you. I choose to surrender to you. I want to be born again. I don't want to be defined by my past. I don't want to be... Uh, who i have been i want to lay my life down and let you come into my life and make me brand new that i might know you and walk in relationship with you that i might manifest you that i might uh, have everlasting fellowship with you and it's a choice that we make it's a willingness where we say lord i choose to respond to your mercy i want to i want to be born again i want to receive you as saviour Tonight, if you're here and you say in your heart, that's me, I want to respond to the mercy of God, would you wave your hand at me? I see you, Josh. That's beautiful. Anybody else that says, yes, that's me? Yes, I see you. Beautiful. Just wave your hand up high so I can see you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Is anybody else that says, yes, that's me? I want to respond to the mercy of Jesus tonight. I want to, I don't want to walk... Without him, I want to get my life right with Christ tonight. Is there anybody else that says yes? That's me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, if that's you, yes. God bless you. If a couple of you, would you come? I want to pray with you before we go any further. Give them a hand as they come. Would you come? Would you come? That's beautiful. That's so awesome. Come here, let's, let's pray together. hey. anybody else you want to join them, we're going to pray together. You can just face me and we'll pray. Is anybody else say, yes, that's me. I want, to, I want to get my life right with Christ. I want to pray with you tonight before we go any further. Hallelujah. All right, all across this room, would you guys pray with me out loud? Father God, I believe you sent your son Jesus to be punished in my place right now Lord I surrender I choose to give you my life forgive me for all of my sin I receive your mercy I receive your grace I declare you are my God and I am your child you are my Lord and right now I invite you to fill me with your spirit. Make me new on the inside. Help me to know you in ever increasing ways. In Jesus' name I pray. Your name. Is Chris. This is Chris and this is Josh. Would you just now, raise your voices. Reach your hand out to them. And I want you to pray for them. Think about their week coming. I want you to intercede for them now. Come on, don't be polite. Don't be polite. Intercede for them now. There, Father, I thank you for your grace. God, I thank you for these ones. Lord, we bless them. Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you, Lord. Shakara that tonight everything changes. Lord, I thank you for the humility. God, you give grace to the humble. Father, I thank you for this humble heart. Lord, I thank you for great grace being given to him right now. Father, I thank you that everything changes from tonight on. Lord, by your spirit, I declare all things are made new. Father, I thank you for your goodness. Father, yes, Lord. Father, fill him with your spirit, Lord, right now. Father, I thank you for that you fill them with your spirit, Lord, right now, Father, that you seal them with your blood, Papa, come, lift your voices, come on, Father, I thank you, Lord, that you take care of them, you protect them, cover them with your blood, Lord Jesus, wash over them, Lord, help them, encourage them, Papa, Lord, I ask that they would be surrounded with your favor as with a shield, Lord, as they lie down, you'd protect their thoughts, you'd guard their hearts, Lord, you'd help them, Father, as they read your word, Lord, that you would speak. To them that you would lead them. Holy Spirit, help them. Help them to know you, protect them from the evil one. Lord, help them, Lord, to knit in with Christian friends, Lord, that would really encourage them. Father, help them bless them. You know everything that they need, Lord. Be there for them. For and I ask, Lord, that they would truly come to experience and know you in ever-increasing ways in Jesus' name. I pray. Amen. Amen. It's so awesome. It is so awesome. God bless you. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm just going to ask if you'd um, just go with Jesse for a few minutes and they've got a Bible for you. They just want to bless you and, and we'll have you come back straight back in. Give them a hand as they go, would you? <laughs> Hallelujah. That's so awesome. Thank you, Jesus.